Welcome back to Comic Book Storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, a.k.a. Bri the Comic Book Guy. You can follow me on Instagram for pictures and posts for every episode I've made so far. I post the pictures of every comic book we discuss. There's a picture of every cover every week. This week is part two of our discussion on the Justice League vs. Suicide Squad. We left off where the bad guy Max Lord and his team of bad guys had found what they were looking for and had defeated the Justice League while the Suicide Squad watched on in horror. We also found out that the original Suicide Squad Adam Amanda Waller formed years ago were in fact the bad guys that he had helping him, at least in the Rebirth era. Even though all the issues of the entire storyline were listed last week, we split up what we covered. So this week we're going to be covering Suicide Squad issues 9 and 10, Justice League vs. Suicide Squad 5 and 6, and Justice League issue 13, All Rebirth Era. Before we dive too deep in, there are going to be some characters in these books that are also featured in a few of the DC movies. We'll talk about that towards the end of the show. We kick off back where we left off in Suicide Squad issue number 9. This issue actually goes back in time. It shows the original squad that of the bad guys that are with Max, but this shows their mission that Amanda Waller sent them on that set them on the path to not like her, and you'll see why. The character Rustam is their leader, but he's cordial with Waller at this point, and he's been working with her for a long time. So we know something heavy happened to change all that. She explains where they're going. It's some island nation in the North Pacific. A dictator has developed a team of metahumans using this machine or technology, and he's threatening to unleash them on the world. The assessment is that one of those metahumans can launch and wipe out California in an instant if she was aimed at him because she has this explosive ability. Waller tells him that this threat is exactly why she put the team together. Then we see all of them with a member that we're not too familiar with yet, but we do learn about eventually. The team is all the bad guys we saw from Max Lord, uh, his group in the part one. Lobo, Rustam, Dr. Polaris, Johnny Sorrow, and Emerald Empress. They're the exact people that they were back in the, in the beginning of the storyline. Rustam is arguing that he's been a good soldier for her for a long time, but he doesn't agree using villains. Now, this sounds just like Rick Flagg. And if you've seen the first Suicide Squad movie with uh, Will, Will Smith in it, he does the same exact thing. And he has done so. This character has done it many times throughout the years. It's kind of a thing that they do. But to see somebody else doing that before Rick Flagg, it was actually really interesting to see. So Rustam doesn't think that she can control them, but she assures him control is what she does best. Then they get their orders to wipe out the rogue metahumans on the island, and then destroy the technology that made them so nobody else can duplicate that. She also gives them the routine speech that she gives every other Suicide Squad. You're just another team of supervillains. You're not acting under the auspices of the United States government and will not start another world war. And if you're captured, all ties will be denied. She tells them that they are successful. She will give them whatever their hearts desires. Cash, location of their enemies, reduced sentences if they are prisoners there. The unknown guy that we saw asks them if he will be free after the mission. They all seem to not know who he is either, but we are shown his name is Cyclotron, but his info is redacted because the whole thing is a uh, look back. So it's Amanda Waller telling the story, but his information is redacted. That's always a good sign, right? So the team heads off and lands on that island. They immediately get into a big brawl with the rogue metahumans, so they didn't even have the element of surprise. But Rustam has a method to take them all out. Every 30 seconds, they change opponents. He's their leader. He developed a strategy. So they all switch opponents every 30 seconds, and he's counting down. It appears to be working. 
And since they're bad guys, they're not worried about collateral civilian casualties either, which there ends up being a lot of because they're fighting amongst the population of this island town. So Johnny Sorrow opens up one of his demon portals by lifting up his mask with his powers, and he kills hundreds of people. Now, Rustam is pretty furious, and even Waller is flipping out. Uh, Johnny Sorrow says, The King of Tears, a metahuman that they're fighting, can taste their loss. The warriors are linked to the populace somehow. They don't know how. So Waller's just like, you know what? Abort the mission. We can figure out another way. But again, since they're all bad guys, they just keep taking out everybody. Rustam is trying to do the best that he can, but they're not even listening to him anymore. The field report Waller is writing, which the readers can see on the pages, say that for every one of those metas that died, a thousand locals died with them due to their connections. The team makes their way to the leader of the island nation, who is sitting in a building that houses the tech that made all these metahumans, and he calls it the God Engine. Uh, Emerald Empress scans the device, and she says it uses human life as fuel to make their metas, or they call them their gods on the island. Now, Waller's flipping out, saying destroy it, but Cyclotron comes in and says, or... That's never good when a bad guy says, or they can use it to augment their own powers and be true gods and take over and do whatever they want. Now, this entices almost all of the bad guys, except Rustam, of course, and Lobo, strangely enough. So he's just like, I don't want to do that. They knock out Rustam, and Waller tells Lobo that she'll double his pay if he kills Cyclotron, which he does. But that was a really bad move, because what the team didn't know is that his powers were building up to a huge explosion. Waller had sent him as a failsafe in case they crossed the line and they needed to be taken out quickly. And when he was killed, the energy from his body that was stored released and had this huge explosion. Most of the island is taken out with them. Buildings look trashed and everyone around them that had died. Or did they? So it, time passes a little bit and you see a, a couple of helicopters and a team mobile command unit come in and everything. And they uncover at the center of the blast, the team had survived somehow. They had been shielded. They used their powers collectively to keep, uh, keep, uh, keep themselves safe. And they're put in the stasis and thrown away, and which is why they hate Amanda Waller, because they were stopped from doing what they wanted to do. So now we know why they hated her and why they were so easily convinced to follow Max Lord. And then we go to Justice League versus Suicide Squad number five. Now, this picks up right after Max took over the Justice League. Well, most of them. He didn't take out Batman for some reason, which most people do end up regretting at some point. As If you have followed Batman throughout the years, you know that's not a good thing. It's shown that the Justice League is taking over the world for Max. The Flash is dismantling all the nuclear warheads on the planet, and it says he does this in record time. Aquaman is blocking all Navy ships everywhere with his sea creatures. The Green Lanterns cover Earth in a shield. Wonder Woman rounds up all of the United States senators and leaders into the Capitol building. Cyborg ends up taking over the internet and literally every computer on the planet. Now, Max has Superman plow through the White House with him, and now he sits in the Oval Office saying the United States is safe. We can tell they're all under some deep spell because the Justice League would never do this. And you can also see the Justice League, all of their faces are warped blue. So you know they're on some type of control. Let me go back to Bell Rev, where the Suicide Squad was. Batman had saved them all from being crushed when half the prison caved in when the Justice League took off. Rick Flagg and Katana arrive, and they tell them that all the prisoners are secure from the mess, and they need to formulate what to do next. But Batman says, hey, 
listen to that. I know what that is. And it's Superman. But he doesn't know at this point that the Justice League was fully taken over because Batman was under all that rubble. Uh, it's not a good thing. Max wants Amanda Waller, and Superman is here to collect her for him. So Batman puts on his kryptonite ring. The Batman is was given by Superman a kryptonite ring, if you hadn't heard in previous uh, uh, podcast episodes, that can help defeat him. But since he's under this control by this weird crystal that Max has, Superman says nothing hurts him. So he ends up plowing through Batman, and then takes Amanda Waller. If you remember in the last issue, Lobo, which Batman blew his head off, he grows back, and he gets right in Batman's face. But Batman explains it was the only way to have Lobo loose from Maxwell Lord's powers and Waller's brain bomb, so he's totally free. So then you see Lobo go, oh, okay. So now he's into Batman style, and he says, it's all right, let's go after Max. But before the squad can do that, they end up capturing Cyborg. They find him first. He says his human side was taken over by Max, but his robotic side is trying to fight the control. He tells Batman whatever's going on and how he's gotten the League to take over the country and everything like that. And then he feels there's something else going on. There's something talking out of in the middle of the crystal, and Max is trying to fight it as well. So back at the White House, Max has Amanda Waller, and she's like, you know what, Max, the diamond's infecting you. And he goes, please, you don't think I took precautions. And now we get to see what he went to that island for and got the, the shaman to do before he killed him. He said, I forced the high priest of Diablo Island to brand me with their sacred sigil so that I'd have an edge over the diamond. For years, I've struggled to control my powers and to control people with my powers. But now with the heart of darkness, I can do whatever I want and make people do whatever I want. And then she goes, you know, throughout history, there's been recordings of a black diamond or something that's been inquisitioned and, and trying to get people to take over and do everything. And our researchers found out and mentions as far back as before the Bible days. And he goes, yes, their screams were a symphony, but it's all written in purple. So it looks like that figure that we're talking about is starting to come out. And she goes, what did you just say? And Max is just like, I, I didn't say anything. So he goes, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We are going to look out and see the United States free. Since Cyborg is still trying to tell him, Max won't be able to control the diamond for much longer. You guys have to go and take care of this. The diamond breeds corruption, which creates chaos, and then the diamond feeds on the chaos. So then Batman's like, okay, we have to figure out and we have to do this exactly right. We have to go after them. And he tells Killer Frost that she's got to help him too. Since she was able to take out the Justice League, she might, she might be able to be useful. So he's like, okay, you guys can come with, but not as the Suicide Squad. Welcome to the Justice League. And you see all of the Suicide suicide Squad members going, huh, okay. So then Amanda Waller back at the White House is going, what's your end game? He goes, I'm going to share this gift with the world. Finally, all of humanity will know something that most thought was impossible. I knew I could give the world peace. I did it. So then he looks out over the White House he said, the world is finally free, but instead of freedom, everything is chaotic. There's fires, people screaming, and the, it looks like the spread and influence of this blue-faced thing is starting to go all over the rest of the world. She goes, you need to control yourself. The diamonds in your head is making you see things that aren't real. And he looks, and he can't see what's going on, but he sees people turning half blue and fighting each other. But then the Suicide Squad shows up, and they're getting ready to take on so they go through the mess of people that are under control trying to get to the White House. 
But then the Justice League shows up, and it's not a good thing. And Superman goes, you didn't listen to me, Batman. You didn't stay down. But I'm really glad. Now, the Justice Leaguers look terrible. All of them are half blue and just crazed. But then all of a sudden, Max starts acting weird. He starts bubbling all over, and something kind of spews out of his mouth. And everybody's just kind of, like, freaked out. And uh, Killer Frost looks up at the sun, and she goes, what's going on with the sun? And it's being covered with, like, this black substance. And then you see this purple figure appear, and the sun go totally black. And he goes, it's been far too long since I felt the night's darkness upon my skin. The world belongs to Eclipso. And once I have stripped it bare, I will corrupt all of creation. Now, he's atop everybody fighting each other, and they haven't really seen him yet. Justice League 13 is up next. Now, we see a character who, like I had mentioned before, you've seen in the movies. It's Steve Trevor. He is an associate of Wonder Woman and previous incarnations in the DC Universe. They had been boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever. But he's like a big military guy. And this takes place right before the Justice League is taken over and all throughout the events that take place during Justice League versus Suicide Squad number five. So this is like what's going on behind the scenes. He's starting to figure out what's going on. So he's a big military guy, and he starts looking on computer screens, and he sees the Justice League start taking over things like uh, the big green shield over the planet that the Green Lanterns are doing. Aquaman and the army of marine animals uh, uh, taking sailors off the shore. The Air Force Global Strike Command says Flash dismantled over 400 Minuteman missiles and counting. Wonder Woman is on the Senate floor, things like that. And then he goes, and Cyborg is probably about to take over all computers. And then everything is taken over. So he's got his, uh, basically his assistant and everything. And he's like, all right, something's going on. We need to figure it out. But then we see something familiar. She has that half blue f- figure face on and she turns into like this big snarling creature and she ends up biting him on his leg. So that's it. They're kind of like zombie like or anything. So he ends up knocking her out and he's trying to figure out what's going on. Like what happened to her? So then he ends up just, you know, knocking her out and he's trying to find anybody that's okay still in the building. But he ends up going through the building that he's in and everyone is taken over by that blue faced thing. So Eclipso is taking over everything. So he ends up trying to go to a safe house and he orders the computers and everything only open under my orders. So he's hearing all these sirens and everything throughout the city in Washington. So he's trying to figure out anybody that's still alive. He's seeing mass chaos because this control thing that Max saw in the last issue, there was all these fires burning and people beating each other up. Well, it's the same thing all over the world. That blue figure face has gone over most people, and it's just tearing through people. So Steve Trevor's trying to find anybody that isn't like that, and he's trying to figure out why he's not like that. But he's only found a few people that he's tried to save from that. So then while he's trying to lead those people to safety, he sees Wonder Woman up in the air. But he still not going, knows what's going on yet. So he doesn't know Wonder Woman's under her, his control. So he goes, hey, Wonder Woman, down here. And she goes, Steve, I was wondering if you were dead yet. And then just ends up being like this fangry looking face, like snarling and fangs and everything like that. And he goes, oh, no. And then the rest of the people that he was trying to rescue end up turning on him. But he's got these lights on him. He figured out ultraviolet light kind of hurts them. So he's got all these little ultraviolet lights with batteries around him. And he ends up throwing them at these people and blinding them so he can get away. So he's got a bunch of them. He ends up going to his sister's house where he was living with his sister and her kids, his niece and nephew. But he finds out that the niece and nephew have turned and they've tied up his sister. So he's trying to 
not kill his niece and nephew, but at the same time trying to save them all. But he ends up closing his eyes, and you can see he's starting to get on the influence. So he sees Eclipso in his mind, going, you have a strong will, Stephen. Fight me. Challenge me. Free yourself from the night. And then he goes, get out of my family. So you see everything flash off, and then his sister and their kids are like, hey, you know, we're, we're fine now. Great. So you look out the window and see him looking outside over a peaceful area. But in reality, that's just what he shows in his mind, because the sun turns red and then black. And he goes, you are a challenge, Stephen, but shadows fall across even the sun. Welcome to Eclipso, Stephen. And then you see Steve Trevor and all the kids turn into the blue. And that's how the issue ends. And you see a face, you see a caption come over the earth and goes, welcome to Eclipso. And the earth is starting to turn purple as well. So now we get to the big one. Justice League Suicide Squad number six. The earth is totally purple now. And you can see the sun isn't looking too good either. You see scenes of all around the world, London, there's people fighting, half blue faces, China, just all over the world, Australia. And then you look back on the White House lawn and the Suicide Squad is fighting the Justice League, but they're crazed. So normally the Justice League isn't that bloodthirsty, but since they're under that spell, everything is just crazy. So Ellipso comes down, Eclipso comes down, he goes, can you feel that, the energy in the air? It's more than terror or rage, the corruption and chaos... I love it. So then Deadshot and all the Suicide Squad members start attacking him, and they're trying to get him to con- to just be done and everything. But he starts grabbing the Suicide Squad members and taking them out. He goes for Deadshot first and makes him think about his daughter and just totally just knocks him out. But then Deadshot turns half blue and everything. So Eclipso goes, all right, that was fun. Who's next? So they all start chasing after Amanda Waller, and Eclipso goes right for Amanda Waller. And he's trying to take her over, and she's like, you know what? I had to try you, monster. And he goes, monster, me? You take your worst thoughts, unspeakable acts, and put them to good use? That's what I love about you. So he's not trying to take her over. He's getting ready to kill her. So the Justice League is just mopping the floor with the Suicide Squad eventually. Like, they're all just, like, Wonder Woman's got Batman just choking on her lasso. And you see Superman trying to take out Lobo, but Lobo's pretty tough, so that's a good thing. So Batman turns around, and it's just him, Killer Frost, and Lobo. The entire Suicide Squad was taken over, and Eclipso's got Amanda Waller, like, by the throat, getting ready. So then Batman goes, Lobo, keep the League and the squad busy while Killer Frost builds up the prism. Because Batman figured out there is a way to contain, but she's got to make her own diamond again. He goes, Superman cells are supercharged from our yellow sun. Can you create a prism to trap his heat blast and convert it into sunlight. And she's like, well, that's pretty complicated, but I'll give it a try. So you see, she's trying to develop this crystal to try and contain the power. That's what I love about Batman. Even in the worst of situations, he figures out something. That has been one of like the trademarks of, of hit that character. Then Superman's like, you've lived in the shadows for so long, Batman. Don't you think it's time that you became one with the dark? Then Batman goes, no matter what you do, Superman, you'll never be human ever. I know it. You know it. So he's trying to goad him into shooting him with his powers. But Killer Frost has finished the, the crystal. So she throws it right between Batman and Superman as he's throwing his eye beams. So the eye beams keep plunging into the crystal. And then you see it washing over the effect, like the... 
the Justice League and Suicide Squad and everybody else is on one side of the crystal and Superman's on the other. But the more Superman throws at that crystal, it turns sunlight on the other side. And Eclipso is getting hurt. And Killer Frost is trying to keep the crystal from melting. So she's using her powers trying to keep him up like that. So you see that the Justice League and Suicide Squad, they're starting to come down from the effects. And then all of a sudden this big energy blast and they're all good to go. And she go, and they're all like, you know what? You need to keep up this prism. We're going to feed it with more energy. Take the energy from all of us. So she starts grabbing the energy from all the Suicide Squad and Justice League members. But Eclipso is just like, you know what? It's not enough. So he knows he's got to take out Killer Frost first. So he tries to convert her. Her face starts turning blue. But then she's got quite a bit of energy stored up. So she starts blasting him. And she blasts him. And uh, the next two pages, it's a whole two pages of one scene and it's Eclipso just start to explode and everybody vanishing and, and just knocking off and everything. But you see that it wasn't them vanishing. It was the evil from everybody vanishing. Then the next page is the sun goes back to normal. People wake up and they're back to normal. And then you show on the front lawn of the White House, Max Lord has the powers taken away. And everybody looks like they're just like back to normal. So Amanda Waller is already like, you know what? You need to kill Max Lord. You need to kill him now. Absorb Max life force and take him down. And Killer Frost is like, no, I'm not going to do that. But she's pretty weak from what happened. So she ends up fainting and Amanda Waller is left with, I guess we couldn't take him out. So they all go back to Bell Rave. They put Max Lord in prison and the Justice League and Suicide Squad, they're all kind of like hanging out since they're kind of like kind of buddies now. And they're like, you know what? You guys are bad guys, but you know what? You kind of helped us and you know they're talking back and forth and everything and we see Superman being Superman and he's in the medical bay with Killer Frost and she's like you know what all of my life I just wanted to help people that's why I became a scientist but then when I went to, converted to Killer Frost that life was stolen from me so I figured I didn't deserve that life anymore and then Superman's like you know what you found hope it wasn't uh, what you did wasn't suicide it was sacrifice so you did a good job so then you see Batman and Amanda Waller talking. Now, over the years in the comics, they have never gotten along. So it has never been good. So then he ends up convincing Waller to let Killer Frost go because uh, there is a storyline that comes up, a comic book series, that Batman forms another Justice League of America with other members, but he thinks Killer Frost would be a good addition to it since he knew there was some good in her. So he convinces Waller that was pretty hard to do, to take Killer Frost. But he ends up convincing Lobo to stay, too. He's just like, you know what? You don't mess with me, Batman, but you know what? I've already got a job for you. Let's do it. You'll join the Justice League. He goes, uh, working alongside a new kind of justice? That's not really my type of thing. I'm not really a team player. He goes, are you a man of your word or not that you said you owed me? So he's like, oh, okay. So then Max wakes up in the prison, and he goes, how did I get here? And he turns around and he sees all the Justice Leaguers and all the Suicide Squad members standing over him with their powers ready to go. He goes, huh, I had been less focused on the diamond. I would have questioned their presence more. That was my mistake. I should have been more clear of what was going on. I didn't realize what was in that. So he's trying to be like, hey, you know what? It wasn't really me. And you pan out and you see Max is in this big bubble while well, these things secured for him so he can't use his mind control anymore. So you flash around to see what happened to his team. You see Emerald Empress was trying to find what she was looking for. Her eye was cracked, so she ended up going into the heavens and trying to find something to fix it with. 
Johnny Sorrow's mask was left behind, so they have it like locked up in a secure thing. And there, you see scientists going, hey, this mask is whips, whispering to us. And you see Dr. Polaris is on a, a different city on Earth, and he's trying to like fight whatever. But then Rustum, you see Rustum in a city looking over a crowd of people. And it ends up, you'll see in the next part, it ends up being Amanda Waller's family. So he's getting ready to you know, really take it to Amanda Waller. So it is, the issue ends with Waller just walking out of the room with Max Lord. And she's saying that she's developed something beyond Task Force X, which is a suicide squad. And she says, you're going to be perfect for Task Force 11, which is XI. So you're like, you know, she is crazy enough to do that. What the heck? So last but not least, we get the Suicide Squad issue 10. It's Rustum coming after Amanda Waller. Sort of. We only see him a little snippets in here. It's mostly Amanda trying to keep her kids safe. Now, it continues on in the next few issues of Suicide Squad, but mainly it's just Rustum is trying to signal to like all the military that he's coming for Waller because he's breaking into all these military installations and then leaving pictures of her kids. And it gets back to Amanda Waller that that's going on. So then we flash over to the three kids that Rustum was watching in the end of the last issue. And a team of military guys takes them and brings them to the secure facility. But it ends up being where the Suicide Squad is, and the squad is trying to, like, freak them out and everything. But then Waller busts in with Harley and Captain Boomerang and Rick Flag, and they're in this big, just, like, this big warehouse, safe house facility. But we get to see there's tension here. Waller doesn't get along with her kids because they don't agree with anything that she's doing, and she's kind of like, you know, they're her mom. Or they're her kids, but they're not really, like, they don't get along really. And you kind of see it because her kids are arguing back and forth. They're like, why is this our problem? Why is he coming after us? We don't even like you really. This isn't a rescue. This is a kidnapping. Then we see Waller trying to make sure that they're safe. Like, the whole building is surrounded. Rick Flag is on the roof with sniper rifles and everything. And all the Suicide Squad members are like, you know, this is really dumb. I mean, they're not really into her at all. Why... Why are we doing this? So then Waller tells her kids the story of what basically happened in every issue up until now. And that, you know, she looks back and she's saying that her husband, her son, and one of her other kids was killed because of things that happened in her past. He goes, we never see any flowers from you there. We need to, we just need to get out of here. You don't care about us anymore. So then you keep looking around, seeing what's going on. The squad is just getting kind of fed up at this. And there's one point where Killer Croc starts going after her kids. And Waller ends up kind of like, she has control over the brain bombs that are in her head. She can set a low setting to kind of keep them under control. Or a high setting really blows them up. So she does a low setting and tells them to back off. And... Uh, we see this figure walk in. He looks like Rustum, but it's not Rustum. He goes, I'm not armed. I'm a courier. I was left to give you this. And it's a uh, tablet. And he's like, hello, Amanda. If I wanted them dead, they would be. Trust me. I placed a tracker on the girl earlier, so I know where you are. I've been listening. I know an awful lot about them. But hurting them was never the intention. I just wanted them to actually see their mother for what they were and how to know them, because that is the revenge. Amanda Waller, the woman who knows everything, who didn't even know she was going to be a grandmother. And then she looks at her kids and she's like, you were going to have a baby and you didn't tell me? And she's like, you shut us out. Dad died. Our brother and sister died. You never mentioned it. You never talked about it. You just buried yourself in your work and you didn't even come to us. So 
the kids all leave and Waller is just standing there in an empty room. She goes, no matter how I feel, I still won. This kind of shows us how much of a badass Amanda Waller is. So we've kind of gotten a little glimpse of her family history at this point and stuff that we hadn't really known before. So that kind of wraps up Justice League vs. Suicide Squad. Now the movie references, as I mentioned before, Steve Trevor was in the Wonder Woman movies. She was like his love interest in the Wonder Woman movies. So we got to see him and some aspects of it. We also got to see a lot of the Suicide Squad characters. Most of the team that was in this storyline were the team that they rebooted the series with from the first movie. So it was basically the cast from the first movie was in this in this comic. We got to see, you know, further adventures of basically. Since it wasn't part of the movie, it, it doesn't really mesh together with the movie, but you get to see like the continuing adventures of these guys and what they all did together. Especially Ma- Amanda Waller, since she's been in a bunch of the different movies. Uh, the Peacemaker show, she was in a little bit, both Suicide Squad movies. And she's going to be in a TV show or movie called Waller that's coming up with the DC reboot. So that's going to be pretty cool to see. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Justice League vs. Suicide Squad. As always, follow me on Instagram. You can see all the pictures of every issues we talked about in every episode. Join me next week on Comic Book Storylines. Thanks for listening.